Dueling Dialogues presents His and Hers with Grace Matthews, The Hammer, and Connor Murphy. Welcome to Episode 7 of His and Hers with Grace Matthews and the Caddy Man in the heart of the USA, Springfield, Missouri. Hi, you two. Hi. Hey, hey, what's happening? <laughs> Not much. Rain and cats and dogs. Oh my gosh. We actually have the sunshine. We didn't know what that strange light was coming from the sky. Yeah. But we finally figured out it was sun. Well, yeah. the pool you... looks nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we just haven't been able to get in it yet. Yeah. yeah. Water's so cold still, but it's pretty close. We're yeah. Hopefully this weekend. Yeah. Right on. So we're very excited about the show today. We're going to talk about parenting, and we're going to talk about, um, you know, parenting all kids. We're also going to talk about um, the struggles marriages have um, when you've got a child with special needs. Okay. Something we know a lot about. But first of all, I want to give the thought for this week, and that is be curious, not judgmental. I like it. You know, you can't just automatically have an opinion of something which unfortunately most of us do we have a preconceived notion of what something is and we don't investigate ask questions check into it and my god with the internet now you can find out anything about anything exactly you shouldn't make a rash decision on something without investigating and uh, and don't assume somebody's telling you the truth. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, easy especially to check when you can check it out. Yeah, never judge. It's not exactly. up to you to judge. It's not up to you. That's right. Very good. Now, why us? Why are we doing this show on relationships? Because we suck at it. <laughs> but even though we suck at it, we've stayed together for thirty-two years. Wow. And actually, we've had. More good days than bad days. There you go. Good. And that's really about all we can say about that. Yeah, they were. There will be bad days, right? Oh, there will right, be yes. bad days, but guess what? <laughs> you won't know the good days if you don't have bad days. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and and the thing to add on to that is, you would be surprised how much more you learn about each other, about the situations, how to handle things from then on, when you have a bad day and not a good day. It's easy. Everybody handles the good. Have you ever met an uh, unhappy person that said, what kind of day did you have? I had a good day. Are they unhappy? No. (laughs) Never. But, you know, you can, I guess it all boils down to when you do have the bad day, Take the lessons that you learn because if you didn't learn something, you were asleep. Yeah, learn from your mistakes. Yeah. And so we're trying to be messengers of our own mistakes. (laughs) Because God knows we've made enough. We've made all of them, every single one of them, okay? But the first thing, you know how much I love psychology today. Right. So I'm always finding articles, and I this week I found one by Tracy Hutchison. I think we've actually talked about her articles before, and she talks about the eight things mentally strong parents don't do. Yes, I said don't do. 
So these are things you shouldn't do. And I want to think, um, we have three sons. Uh, our oldest two sons are adopted. And our youngest son is biological. We have kids that we categorize as like three only children. Okay. Right. Our oldest son is a very bright athlete that is by all stretches of imagination, the most overachieving human being you can ever meet. <laughs> totally admirable. He is one of the most admirable people I know. Okay. He is the one that's definitely going to make lemonade out of lemons. Okay. Our, our second son has disabilities. He is, um, he has a seizure disorder, diabetes, and, um, is considered low functioning. However, he has exceeded expectations beyond your wildest dreams. Cool, right on. And our youngest son is the brainiac that could analyze everything having to do with COVID-19 right now for you and the rights. <laughs> and you would be just sitting there with your mouth open because you know you wouldn't know you might not be bright enough to know what he just said. So we have those kinds of kids. I know you've raised a kid. Yes. And um, he is very successful. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's a smart kid. Yeah. And so we all know what we're talking about here. Right. So. He struggled in his teens for sure because um, he just, like, high school wasn't advanced enough for him. That's so. our youngest son. Yeah. Yes. So, and we could probably do a whole show on that sometime, and I think we probably will, right. about what you do, Over because years. school, well, and schools love, they love kids like our oldest son. Right. You know, the athlete, that's a great student, but when you get kids that are underachieving or way overachievers, okay, Schools don't like them so much. Right. They like that middle of the road. It's easy. Yeah, the one that doesn't disrupt classes or ask those really hard questions. Well, yeah, yeah. The teachers don't like kids that are smarter than them. <laughs> you hit it there. Yeah. So here we go. Don't do these things. Okay. Don't overlook or deny or negate your child's emotions. Emotions are important. Right. Yes. And you know, we've all raised boys. Okay. We have granddaughters. You have granddaughters. Yeah. So um, that's like way cool because we have boys, you know. But I think it's very easy with boys to say emotions don't matter. Yeah. And they do. You know, how a little boy feels is every bit as important as how a little girl feels. Absolutely. And um, all children should feel like their emotions are important. That is true. You know, um, letting them keep those emotions in, especially at younger ages, can come back to haunt them. At some time in the future, as they get older, older, um, they need to sound out and maybe ask questions, and hopefully 
parents. We can give them some answers that are right, but they do need to sound out and know that they can talk about their emotions because keeping them in can lead to nothing but bad. They're going to come out eventually. They're going to have to deal with them. They can deal with them now or 20 years from now. Right. It, it, it's better to deal with it. Nip it so, in the let's say, yeah, sooner the better. Very yeah. good. Why? Number two, teach. don't teach them that mistakes are wrong. You know, that's kind of one of those plays on words. I mean, you kind of have to teach them that a mistake is wrong, but that we all make them. All right. It's I, more I would have to add that. Yeah, it's more important to teach them uh, why it was wrong. I mean, for the exact same reason we said we do this this podcast. Yeah. Because yeah. we're bad at it. We suck at it. We, we've learned. I can't really say that our mistakes were not wrong, like right. the author of this. But what I can say is that we learn from our mistakes. Yep, and that's what you got to teach your kids. What did you exactly. learn? Exactly, and we are willing to talk about it with other people, mm -hmm. just like you should your children. You know, effort too. If you don't ever try anything, you're never going to screw up. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, you're if you try something new, you're going to screw up. So what? Right. And that is a tough thing for anyone to learn, and. We need to help our children work through that and learn that it's okay to screw up. Almost anything can be fixed. Exactly. Right. Number three is probably my favorite. And that is do not ignore parent-child boundaries. Um, I am a strong proponent of you don't need to be your kid's friends. Your kids need to make their own friends. Right. And if you get angry with your child or you punish your child, you cannot give in and take that back. Right. That will come back to haunt you. There needs to be parental boundaries. That is um, something that Grace and I have talked about our entire lives is and one of my pet peeves and I sure I'm gonna get beat up for this but when people say that their parents are their best friends yeah I want to throw up <laughs> it's not a how can idea. you be a best friend and a parent because our job is to teach right and to show and to make them more prepared for life and to not make the idiotic mistakes that their parents did. Right. A friend is not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. A friend's well, going to let you screw up. And a lot of times when parents want to be friends, it's because they did not accomplish what they needed to accomplish in their life. I mean, and um, it's ridiculous. When I see parents out that were not available, to their children when their children were young, and I see this all the time on Facebook. And they're out drinking with their kid, taking pictures. Right. <laughs> and um, 
bragging about that. And not that I wouldn't have a glass of wine with one of my adult children, don't get me wrong, but that is not the pictures you're gonna see of me and my children on right. Facebook, right. okay? Um, I'm not big about posting pictures of me and my kids on Facebook anyway, but um, nevertheless, keep those boundaries. It's great to be a parent. Being a parent is so much better than being your kid's friend. Right. Well, how can you give them advice and them take it as advice if they think you're your friend? You don't do everything your friend says. We hope to shout on if I had. I wouldn't be yeah, yeah and all of us might be in the slammer <laughs> now, you know. Yeah. Okay. Parents... Don't ignore teaching your children about relationships, about being a friend, about being a husband, a wife, a partner. Children need to learn what it's like. It, they also need to learn that we screw up, we forgive, and we move on. You can have a bad day. You can be bawling your head off and things get better. I think, you know, that goes along with teaching them what real life is about. Exactly. Real life is not a bed of roses. It's a roller coaster. Right. Good, good, bad, ugly. It, it's got everything. But you have to handle it, overcome it, and go on. And they need to experience all these different things so they know how to handle it. Um, if you've never experienced a serious relationship and a breakup, how do you know how to handle it? If you've never uh, had your best friend lie to you or throw you under the bus, how do you handle it? You know, these are, that's just life. It's going to happen. It is going to You don't know when it's going to happen. Somebody's going to bring in your last year in college or exactly. after. Yeah. But it's going to happen. You're going to get betrayed or something's going to happen that just you can't believe it happened you would say I, I can't believe I can't believe that well guess what it's life it happens uh, handle it learn how to handle it don't ignore number five don't ignore the importance of emotional and psychological safety that means don't you know, don't get drunk and drugged and, and try to take care of your kids. It's going to have a lifetime effect on them. Right. Know that the decisions you make, you also, whatever you do wrong that your kids see, they will do worse or better, however you want to look at it. They're going <laughs> right. to do it bigger. They're going to do it bigger than you do it. Right. Whatever screw up you made, they're going to do it bigger, or at least one of the kids are. You know, so, you know, don't expose them to that if you can help it, you know? And that scares, that is a scary thought. That is a scary thought. Because. Don't, yeah, don't you, do is it what I do, right? Don't do yeah, what don't I do. Yeah, don't do what I do, do what I say. Yeah. You know, and, and unfortunately, because things have changed, the consequences are so much worse than back when, we were children. Yeah, you, you could get you up. could get a you know a lot of times you got a a warning, you got a slap on the hand, you got a lecture, blah blah blah. No, no. Now it's on your record. Exactly. It never goes away. 
What if you want that job? What if you want this promotion? What if, what if, what if? Or it's on Facebook. Yeah, or some, yeah. And so now post it all over Facebook, like, you know, and it's just, it yeah. can be bad. Okay, let's see here. We got, don't expect, this is, I love this because athletic parents do this all the time. Don't expect your children to follow the parents' life dream. <laughs> do we even need to say anymore? Right. I mean, you have that person that didn't quite make it to college basketball and they're, you know, they're living and breathing the idea that their kid's going to do it right. and their kid wants to play the piano. I mean, I know uh, our youngest son, uh, of course, um, Caddy Man was a football and baseball player in college. And our youngest son um, was, is uh, a trumpet player at the ball games. Oh, at yeah. the football games. And I will never forget, we're standing out on the field waiting to see our kid, you know play his trumpet and believe me we had the football player I hold a sense football player so um, and somebody came by and they were like are you kidding Caddy man you've got a trumpet player <laughs> yeah and he's good first string you know, you know, hey, you hey, know hey. That we are very proud of our brilliant little trumpet player yeah. I mean but they thought oh my gosh you know and it was funny because um a lot of parents can't really do that. That is one thing we've done well. We have let our kids be what they wanted to be. I mean, out of all the horrifying things we've done, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. letting our kids be what they want to be has, you know, we've enjoyed it. Good. You know, and that, and that's a really hard thing to do, especially if you've been an athlete or if you've been even, a, you know, in the music department. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe your child doesn't want to play the trumpet or the saxophone. He wants to play football. And you were, you know, the first chair in in one of those instruments. You know, it works both ways. It's just like I tried to instill in my children, we kind of had a couple of rules. One was if you start it, you don't quit. Okay, the second one was, I don't care what you do. Do something. I want you to do something and not sit on your ass and play video games all day and all night. And, and whatever it is, I want you to strive to be the best you can be at it. There you go. Now, it doesn't really, you know, if, if you're getting the most of your ability in your third chair, hey, I'm happy. That's all there is. Cause my my music talent sucks. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. so we have to. It, it's and it, as a parent, because you love them, it's very hard to admit that your child and, and a lot. And I'm going to say this because I've been around it a lot. This mostly happens in the athletic field. Most parents do not see the talent level of their children, the true talent level. Every one of them is going to be a major leaguer or a professional football, basketball, uh, soccer. It doesn't matter. They're all going to make it. Well, guess what? They don't. Right. 
And and that the sooner you learn to keep the expectations not so high, so they don't feel like a failure, to where they let you down, to where you know, okay, Dad, I'm sorry, you know, I can't, you know, no college is going to take me here to let me play, blah blah, you know, then okay. Go get you a great education and make your money the old-fashioned way. Go do something. Just be the best you can be. And that is very hard for parents to separate the two values. And and, um, Grace and I, really, because I was an athlete, it was very hard at first for me to accept that every one of my children because my oldest was a good athlete that they are weren't going to be athletes but you know what I ended up finding how much I enjoy doing the other activities with them because hell I'd never done them right right and they were fun and and they were different and my kids loved it and if they're happy how hard is it for the parent to be happy if your kid's happy I mean tell me that's Which brings that. us to number seven. Don't over-function for your kids. Don't create codependent children. There's a fine line between helping your children and trying to save them from everything. Yeah, let them make their own mistakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's. I think that's that's an easy one. It is, and, and that's another thing that's very hard to do. It is hard to do. We would sit and, at night sometimes, and we'd say, you know what's going to happen tomorrow, don't you? <laughs> yeah. He's going to fall in his this, this is going to happen, and we're going to have to do this and this and this, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, should we go fix it and stop it? No. No. Because I would want to. I was always the one that said, this is going wrong. I can, This is a train wreck getting ready to happen. Well, let him learn. Yeah, let right. him learn. Yeah, and it's very hard because as parents and having experienced different things throughout your life you see it coming like a like a train down the tracks you know but but, uh, they will never learn the lessons of life if you don't let them screw up that's right the main thing is just kind of watch over them make sure nobody gets hurt Exactly. Right. Yeah, like, well, or arrested. Or, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there's, you know, we're talking about kids that aren't in trouble right. and don't have drug issues, that kind of thing. Okay, number eight. Don't ignore the importance of mentoring and modeling. I, I think that goes back to the one where we were talking about Friends. whatever you do bad, your kids will do worse. Right. Um, you know, make sure you try to act like a coach or a mentor well it goes back to the being friends with your kid one too yeah yeah you, you just can't do that it just is not a good idea right absolutely and that's our eight so and what advice would you give to other parents out there with kids you know that have kids with a disability or a special need well i tell you what um 80 of marriages where they have a child with special need right. ends in divorce. Hmm. 
I think that that is one of the, the highest divorce rates I've ever seen. It's even higher than someone having an affair. Wow. wow. So we apologize for that one. <laughs> that that phone call coming through there. Anyway, so it's very difficult. But what you've got to remember is that parenting is a commitment and it's temporary. I mean, you parent for your life. But, you know, kids are only young and small for a short time. And in my opinion, it is their time. So there, there are lots of challenges to special needs kids. Um, but one thing you've got to remember is that you're in it together. Right. Uh, um, there are lots of examples where one parent is more committed to the child with special needs. In fact, I think in most situations, one parent is more committed and one parent will oftentimes just try to live their life as if everything was normal. And I would say we probably had some of that. Um, it is, I, I would like to read a quote from a mother of a special needs child. And I kind of wish I would have written it. Um, the mother's name is Caroline. I don't know her last name. And she says, we were like a lot of couples. It used to be hard to find time for each other. What with the boys? But when our Jimmy was diagnosed with profound autism, it was like a bomb went off. Tom just withdrew into work, and all my time was taken up by taking Jimmy from one doctor to another and trying to keep my other kids' lives as normal as possible. All of a sudden, the little bit of time Tom and I had was totally gone. Between that and how resentful I feel toward Tim, for leaving everything to me, the tension is terrible. I don't know where to begin. There have been times I probably could have written that paragraph. Right. When our son was, and there were times when the doctors, going to the doctor was my outing, my social. I mean, I knew those people as if I was at a cocktail party. Right. That's how much I was at doctor's offices because our son had a very rare seizure disorder that was totally destroying his intellect and um, his life. At one point, he was having 220 seizures an hour. Whoa. Yeah, so it was pretty incredible. Now, for example, in the caddy man's defense, somebody's gotta go out and make a living. Right, absolutely. But it's easy during that time when you're out making a living to detach. Well, in some aspects, you have to to continue doing your job, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, which explains 80% marriage. Right. Of the marriages end in divorce. 80%. You know, we talked about these um, stress assessments last week. Right. That gave her numerical value. There is no numerical value that is as high as this. Oh. As having a child with an illness or some sort of special needs. 
Yeah, I, in those instances, I think you have to have full lines of communication open between you. You do. Two. You do. You do. And, um, you know, like I said, you got to remember that you're in it together. Right. And that your roles are completely different. There were times when, you know, because at first I tried to work, okay? I had a, I had a good job. It did not work out because you cannot get babysitters that can take care of a special needs child. Right. At least when our son, our son's now 30, okay? There are some better resources now, okay? But when we had this, there wasn't. I mean, and I, I mean, are you kidding me? Someone would agree to watch a kid that has, you know, 200 seizures an hour? Yeah. Um, no, it, it's just not out there. Right. So there were times where I hated my husband for going to work. <laughs> there you go. Because I was never yeah. a woman that had intended to stay home. Right. So, um, you know, and, and on the flip side, as someone who left to go to work, to have to make the money to pay because insurance didn't do some of the things oh, back no, then no. that they do now. And this was his particular disorder was in the um, unknown stage to where they really didn't know how bad it was, how to fix it, how to help it. So the, the drugs were... Um, not FDA approved, therefore insurance didn't pay for it, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. You know, you can, so someone had to make the money to pay for that. Right. However, I was not around the day to day, a lot of times seeing the seizures. I was not there at the day to day taking care of him when he had the seizures. But I had to come home and walk in and say, how was your day? <laughs> well, you know, our son had a bad day. Well, not, you know, it's not that we hadn't talked, but that during the day, but it's a different feeling when you walk in and you see a look on your wife's face and you ask, go in and ask your son, and he says, I didn't have a very good day. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's just people that have not been through it. I, I relate it to, um, and we're all guilty of this, when someone loses a parent, we all say, gosh, I, I know how you feel. No, you don't. You not don't much, until not it happens. Has happened, as, as you know, there, Connor, you, you know that if you have not experienced it, you have no idea what it's like. Absolutely. And so all of these emotions are happening, and you're trying to do the right thing, and you're trying to get through the day. And it's, I, I always compared his seizures to an alcoholic. We made it through the day, so it was a good day. Right. He's still here. We're still here. Uh, everything was good. And, and, and let me tell you, there were days where 
you would fight yourself is this are we helping him are we hurting him is this and these are convulsive seizures yeah, so were... a lot of times he quits breathing and die and and basically as at death's doorway right wow. and, and so it's a completely different deal are we doing the right thing right and i would um his name is david so we would call the seizures goliath and our idea was eventually we were going to slay goliath right. <laughs> awesome and so but a lot of these things and and i what i i, I don't want to make this in to our sad story is that that's it's been a long time and we've learned a lot right and like i said and number one you got to remember you're in it together and you got to respect each other's position and everybody needs to know how to do everybody else's job yeah put yourself in okay. their shoes literally you a, if, if you're the daddy you're going to work that's great and you're you're doing an important job but you also got to know how to come home and take care of your kid for an hour or two right okay that's number one number two um something that we have learned is be able to talk about your feelings be able to meditate or pray, whichever or both, together. Right. Try to redirect negative energy or block negative energy into positive energy. Right. And know that eventually things do get better. You know the one, the one thing, especially with his seizure disorder, is because. It was so new, and so um, seizures are, are the brain scientists and the drug companies don't know enough about it. They were always working on something new. So that's where we put our hopes and thoughts in was if we can make it, keep him alive, keep him because they were always coming up with something new that the doctors were real good about saying. There's this new drug they're working on. Right. Maybe this will be the one that not, there's never a cure, but if it can control. Right. That, and that's the only hope that you have. And you both have to believe that it's going to happen. Well, and when our son was first diagnosed with us, he was only one of 27 people in the United States that oh, had it. Wow. And all of them were males. Wow. And his life expectancy was nine months. Oh, my. And so he had, you know, it was, it was very serious. And um, like the Caddy Man says, a lot of people didn't know about it. Right. But... You know, like I said, one of the focuses I want to keep on it is how do you keep a marriage together? Right. And one of it is that you need to deal with your uh, your frustrations, and it needs to be okay. It needs to be okay to have a bad day. It needs to be okay to wonder. I mean, I remember when we were first adopting him, and he had milder seizures in I remember one day saying I don't know if I, I, I'm good enough for this right I don't know that I'm a good enough person it needs to be okay to say that because people are imperfect 
and especially to your spouse. You need to be able to say whatever you need to say, and it needs to be okay. Because we don't, it's not always like it is on TV, where they go, oh, you know, they never complain one day of their life. You know what? That would really make me mad. Right. Because that's not how real people are. And I don't believe anybody's like that. If they are, then they have so much pinned up frustration. They're going to explode one day. And believe me, it will happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree there. You know, so speak honestly about your frustrations. And, you know, if you're the one speaking about frustrations, you need to have somebody that is okay with that, that will allow you to, and vice versa. It needs to go both ways. Right. Um, The next one is take time for each other. That's very difficult, but you need to try to find a way. Yeah, I agree. And every situation is different, you know. Uh, For a while, we had parents that could help, but when he got very big, um, our son that has the seizure disorder is six foot eight. Whoa. Yeah, so he very quickly outgrew the grandmas being able to take care of him. Right. Because when he has a seizure, it's convulsive and it's very dangerous. He could actually hurt one of them. Right. When, you know, and uh, this kid was huge. He was, apparently when he was born, he was 12 and a half pounds. Oh, my. Okay, so huge kid. Okay, and we're not even that big of people. Right. You know? Um, so that was another, you know, issue. So take time for each other. You know, sometimes you got to put the kids to bed and, uh, have a nice late dinner, play some music, make time. It's not always, you're going to get a babysitter or respite here. You got to learn to make things special at home. Yeah. That's the biggest thing we learned is that, you know, you don't have the um, freelance ability to go out in places that you might want to go. At the times you might want to go, your life changes, but you have to be committed to the child. But that doesn't mean you still cannot be committed to each other. That's right. I went six years without going to a restaurant. You can still make time for each other and uh, and and make things work out. You can still have make a special night of something sometime. Well, and that's exactly we we did do a very a great job of making our home a place where other kids that weren't sick had a lot to do, and where we would create evenings. We would celebrate, I mean, we would celebrate everything. Even if it took place in another country, we would sometimes celebrate it and make it a big deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know. Um, so what yeah, you're talking that, about there is rewarding yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And, and coming up with a way, you know. If, you know, Valentine's Day, I mean, um, Cinco de Mayo, I mean, for crying out loud, we celebrated it better than any Hispanic people. Right. You know, I mean, that's what we did. You know, next, you need to get assistance and support when you can. 
Now, um, there wasn't a lot of support. We would try to, you know, go to some of the services for people with disabilities back then, and there was just nothing. There is a lot more support now. For example, at 30, our son works at a workshop for people with disabilities. Mm, there you go. And um, he has a very full life. Good. We, of course, assist him. We take care of meds, groceries, bills, you know, his money. But he has found a way to live away from us somewhat. Good for him. Good for you, too. So it, it can't happen. And I will tell you that our son's IQ is 57. Very low. But he functions at a much higher level. We taught him to read. That's one of the most important things you can do. I will tell you that there's a downside of it, though. Be prepared because you teach them humility. Right. When you teach someone to read, you teach them humility. Be prepared for that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's, it's, it's something you have to deal with, which means they have pride. And their feelings can be hurt. Right. And they can learn ashamed and, and many things like that. And so you, you've got to respect that, that they're a human being. We have never treated our son like a baby. We never talked to him like he was baby, like he was below us. We treated him, talked to him just like we talked talk to our other son. We might have to repeat it a lot. You know, sometimes I repeat things and that's because I'm so conditioned to because I have this special needs kid. Right. And it became kind of a habit. But do look for resources and support. And if you do break down, I can't handle everything coming at me. Get help quickly. Yep. I, I you know, that's... Um, very important. Is there anything be, you'd like to add? Yeah, it, you know, it, things can mount up on you very quickly with a special needs child because normally you have other children too, mm -hmm. and you cannot neglect them. They, you have to keep their lives going, and um, it's a very tough balance to make sure you're not giving the special needs child more attention, more needs, more whatever you want to call it, satisfaction, whatever, than the other children because they need you also. Yeah. And it's a very tough thing to balance. However, it can be done. Yeah, it, it can. I can't say that I did that part that well um, because it was so constant. I wish I would have done that part better. I made my other children not feel like that all of my attention was on one child. Um, and um, that is Caddy Man's right. You definitely need to pay attention to that. It's a tough gig, but it's also the most rewarding thing you can ever do in your entire life. Um, it is. I, I used to, somebody... Um, asked me once and uh, what well, the most rewarding thing that had ever happened because I had because we had the big athlete star who had a great career 
and was all everything. I think they kind of accept thought I would say one of his accolades, and I, it was funny because I cut him off guard, and I said, you know what, the best thing that I've ever had happen to me is when they told, my, told me that my special needs son would, if they got to a second grade behavior, you know, mentally, that that would be great. Well, when he graduated from high school, he tested out that eleventh grade almost to the twelfth. Exactly. Good for him. And I told them that that was the most uh, rewarding thing I had ever heard in my entire life. That my son took it on himself to work hard enough to improve himself from that to that and uh, all those out there of you who have a special needs you will understand this completely you know sometimes getting them to tie their shoes is a monumental task mm -hmm. um, takes a year sometimes or longer for them to learn to tie their shoe um, something we take for granted but I'm just saying that the rewards with them can be so um, fulfilling to you and to your wife that I remember we hugged and hugged and hugged and cried and thought that because it was like, you know, he'll never succeed. He'll never succeed. Well, guess what? He did. Yeah. And he does every day. And there is no one that you learn more from about yourself and, um, you know, the good and the bad about yourself. And right. there's no one that knows me better than that kid. Yeah. Out of all the people that know me, that's the kid that knows me best. Well, you two should be very proud of yourselves for accomplishing that, for sure. Well, we're very proud of our kids, and uh, we're going to do a lot more um, on special needs kids and parenting regularly old kids, too. Um, as speaking about, you know, the negative side of marriage, um, uh, I want to mention um, that a couple in Britain is celebrating their 80 years of marriage. Whoa. Here, here. They very well be the longest marriage um, oh, of anybody yeah. living right now. And how cool is that? Cool yeah. or horrible? I mean, yeah, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> so anyway, we're not um, here to judge, right? Exactly. Right, yeah. Be curious, not judgmental. You, you sure can't uh, give a spin on that either way, or you're in big trouble, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And remember our affirmation: We are messengers in love, happy, healthy, financially prosperous, great partners and parents. We are charitable, energetic, creative trendsetters that experience success every day. And we hope that all of these things come true for all of our listeners. Absolutely.